0: Bibles today, if you have your phone or tablet and you have your Bible app or however you can access the Word of God, turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start reading a portion of the Christmas story. If you're new to the church, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen for you. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse number 8, says this, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, watch this, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. This is what I call the announcement. This is the announcement. This is when the angels show up and they announce to these shepherds, Hey, Jesus is born. Now, theologians can debate... Why the angels went to shepherds, what was significant about the shepherds. Of course, we know that throughout the Bible, shepherds play an important role in many aspects of society. And really, the shepherd and the heart of a shepherd you see throughout the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God actually says, Psalms 23, what? The Lord is my shepherd, so God himself represents himself as a shepherd shepherd, but I like to think that it wasn't just about the theological debate that we could have over why angels showed up to a shepherd. Maybe Angels just showed up because God got so excited about what was taking place on earth that he actually said to his angel, hey, listen, I can't take it anymore. Just go. Just find somebody to tell. I mean, the announcement was so big that you just wanted to tell somebody. Amen? Sometimes we get announcements that are so important, they're so valuable, they're so vital, we just want to tell everybody. Now, I know in this day and age and, and the social media that we live in, there are some people that put stuff out there that really, it just should not be out there. We really don't care what you cooked for dinner, and we don't care that you made it look beautiful. You know, let's save that post for something a little more vital, right? Like, like when you're announcing, hey, I'm pregnant. Woo, that's, now that's exciting right? Got engaged. Whoo, that's exciting. Gender reveal. God, that's exciting. What you had for dinner? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. But I think this announcement, which is the greatest announcement in the history of announcements, I think God got so excited, he just wanted to show up and say, hey, Jesus is here. Listen, and the angel started with these words, I've got good tidings of great joy. I've got good news, and with that good news comes great joy. Now, we are in the Christmas season, and there is most likely three types of people here today. You have your people. They are like Buddy the Elf, man. They're into this thing. Man, they have been waiting for Christmas music to come on. They listen to Christmas music in July. You know, those people, right? I went to a house last week, and let me tell you, they decorate for Christmas. I won't say who they are because they're here. But anyway, I, was, I mean, they decorate for Christmas. They take the paintings off the wall, and they put up new Christmas paintings. I'm talking about up high, on a ladder. Let's take that painting down. We're going to put up the Christmas painting. They empty the whole house, and everything gets rearranged. It's all Christmas. You know, those people, all right? God bless them. God bless them. We love them. It's not me. But you know what? Praise God. So then there's those that are just like, we like Christmas. Christmas is fun. When it's over, it's over. Praise God. But you know, Christmas is great. You know, it's great, had fun. And then you have those other people, the third ones. They cannot wait till this thing is over. They're like done already. Okay, just let let me survive the holidays. I cannot wait till January comes and we could stop talking about Christmas. So probably you land somewhere in those three. All right, you're in one of those three. And for some people, Christmas can be very depressing. For some people it can be it can have the, the harsh memories of a childhood or the harsh memories of lost loved ones and and for some people this is a very depressing and difficult time and so I want to share with you a message about good news today because whether or not we're talking about the Christmas season and, and and the holiday and what what it represents whether or not that might affect you emotionally or it's just what's going on in the world today. You can look at the politics, you can look at the situation, and you can see there is a lot of bad news out there. And let me just tell you, it takes you about five minutes to find it, right? And so, listen, you can just be inundated with bad news upon bad news upon bad news because it seems like the only news out there is bad news, In fact, we came up with a saying years ago, no news is good news. What do we say that for? That doesn't make any sense. No news is no news. Only good news is good news. But we think sometimes, well, if I just get no news, that's good news, right? That's how bad things are sometimes in our world. Somewhere we took a turn to where the only thing they report, the only thing they report is bad news. And sometimes we'll look at our family situation, our financial situation. And this was me for years because I really struggled with Christmas because financially, Cynthia and I were so broke. I mean, like I've said many times, poor people called us poor. I mean, like they're like, oh, my goodness, these poor people. We did all of Christmas for $200. Had like 24 people to buy from. You know, $200. We did the whole thing, you know. And so it was difficult. And and if you don't have your priorities right, if it is materialistic for you, if it's all about things under a tree, then this season can be very depressing. But also it could be that you're facing a tough marriage today or sickness, or you're facing a situation on your job, or you're just uncertain about your future. I want to talk to you today about good news. Good news. Because the Bible actually says that God is full of good news. Man, he is a God of good news. I remember as a kid, we had a missionary come to our church. His name was Wayne Myers. And he was from Mexico. He'd been a missionary for years. And I had sat through missionary service after missionary service. Man, I was just a teenager, just a young teenager, and he stepped on the pulpit, and he was an older gentleman, and he got up there. Man, I tell you what, he was an older gentleman, but, man, he had a spring in his step. He had a smile on his face, and I'll never forget the very first words he spoke at Trinity Church International Lake Worth. He stood up on that platform, and he said, listen, I don't know what kind of missionary you're used to, but I don't have one sad story to tell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thought, this is different. Used to the missionaries would come and they'd tell you all the sad stories about how they, they got to, you know sick and had to fight through. And, and nobody's listening and nobody's getting saved. And, and they're having such difficulties and they're broke. And they had to hear all these sad stories so that you'd give a, a big offering to help them out. But this guy stood up and said, listen, I don't know what you're used to, but I don't have any sad stories to tell. Hallelujah. And I think that's like God. Let me tell you, God don't have any sad stories. God don't have any bad news. God only has good news. In fact, the gospel itself, the very word means good news. Listen, we're to preach what? Good news. Guess what? God is a God that has good news for us. And with that good news comes great joy. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 25 it says this, like cold water to a weary soul is good news. And I think there are many people, especially with what's going on today, they are weary, they are dry, they are dehydrated. They're, they're running on fumes, man. They're running on empty. They're just trying to survive from one week to another, one weekend to another weekend, one paycheck to another paycheck. They're, they're going through life, and the emotions aren't there, and the happiness isn't there, and the joys not there. And the Bible says good news is like cold water to hydrate a weary soul. I'm here to tell you God has good news for you. He's got good news, and that good news comes with great joy, great joy. Can I talk to you a little bit about how we get good news and what to do with that good news that we get and the value that God's good news is. I want to give you just a couple points. And the first one is this. There is always good news if you look in the right place. If you just look in the right place, just, just look in the right place, you'll find good news. And that place is God's word. When you open up the pages of the Bible, when you open up God's Word, you'll find that there are promises in there, and those promises are good news for you. Amen? God is a God who is full of good news. Listen, He doesn't have any bad promises. He's only got good promises for you. Amen? Listen, you say, well, well, what about this, this, and this? And and, and he requires holiness. Absolutely, he does. Well, what, there's, a, there's a hell out there. Absolutely, there's a hell. But the good news is you don't have to go there. Amen? The good news is holiness brings happiness. The good news is that he heals bodies, that he sets captives free, that he forgives sin. Amen? That's all good news. It's all good news. And if you look in the right place, you'll find it. But let me tell you, if you've got your mind focused on what the world is saying, and if you spend your time watching Fox News and CNN and MSNBC, and I don't care if it leans the way you lean, let me tell you, it is full of bad news. you understand? Because that's all they report. They might have 15 stories of bad news and maybe one full of good news, right? Just to try to check a little box, say, well, we did report on some good news. But the truth is, is that really it's all full of bad news. Man, I used to watch it all the time. I used to be a news buff. About 10, 12 years ago, I gave it up. I said, you know what? If it's important enough, it'll find me, (laughs) right? I mean, if it's big enough, guess what? The news will find me. I don't have to go looking for it. So I just turned off the news, Now, I'm not saying, listen to me, I'm not saying you you put your head in your sand and you you are unaware of what's what's going on. No, no, no. We need to be aware of what's going on. We need to, to be informed. There's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is this. The primary voice that you should be listening to is not the talking heads out there that are giving some fake false report that are that are that are slanted that are opinionated. The primary voice in your life should be God's voice. You should be spending more time in the pages of this book than you are trying to figure out the slant and the way things are going on in the news media. Let me tell you, I want to encourage you to shut it off from time to time. Amen. Get off of social media, get off of the news, open your Bible, put on some worship, listen to a godly podcast, and find some good news to encourage your soul. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good news. Man, i got to shut it off. I, I, I watch it every now and then. I, I pay attention to it every now and then. I catch a headline here or there. But the truth is, I spend the majority of my time just listening to preaching and, and listening to worship and driving around, just, just wanting to be filled that way. Hallelujah. And if it's big enough, it'll find me. And guess what? Even when it does find me, I go, you know what? My God's bigger than that. That might be negative. That might be be something going on in the world today. It's, it's, It's really happened. Listen, there really is a war on Christianity. There really is a culture in decline. That is real. That's really happening. I'm not saying that we don't do anything about it. What I'm saying is this. Let's not put our focus on that. Let's put our focus on the fact that God has overcome. Let's put our focus on the fact that even though there's moral decay, even though there's a war on Christianity, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, Amen. Listen, I've got good news that God is for us, and if God be for us, what? Who can be against us? Hallelujah. There's good news out there, really good news. You know, the Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report... If there's any virtue, if there's any pray, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. One translation will say dwell on these things. Another translation may say think on these things. But if you go and you study that word meditate, here's what it actually means. It means all those things listed above, the things that are true, the things that are noble, the things that are of a good report, that literally means good news. You take all of those things, and the word meditate actually means to put them in your account. So you take all of these things, all the good things, and you go, Those are in my account. In other words, they belong to me. I have access to them. When I begin to really understand what this verse means, that means that I walk around going, I can think on those things that are truth because truth belongs to me. I can think on the things that are pure because purity belongs to me. Everything that that is here that God says to meditate on, I have those things. I'm not just thinking about them every now and then. They're not off pie in the sky somewhere. I have those things Those things are mine. They're in my account. So that's why we can meditate on them because they're mine, amen? So God, listen, he wants you to focus on the right thing. Turn off the bad news, the negativity, right? And turn on some good news, hallelujah. And just fill yourself up with that and let cold water come to a weary soul. The second thing you need to know is this. The good news is so good, the bad news doesn't matter. I said, the good news is so good that the bad news doesn't matter. Now, my friend, Greg Fritz, who's been here many times, he actually wrote a book with this title. And I remember when he said it, he called me up one day, he said, Brian, I'm writing a book, and, and here's the title. The good news is so good, the bad news doesn't matter. I kind of had to take like a little time out and go, huh, does that really, is that really true even? And even when he said it here from the pulpit one time, he said uh, he's writing this book, and, and I went, well, I don't know about that. I mean, bad news matters. I mean, it matters, right? I don't want to say that God's uncaring, that he doesn't pay attention to what's going on in our world, that, that if we're sick, hey, that matters. And, but what he's saying is this. He's actually saying that the good news is so good that whatever the bad news is, the good news overcomes the bad news. Let me give you this example. If you're here today and you got a letter from the IRS, how many of you know you open those immediately, right? You don't you don't put those away anywhere. You get those IRS letters and they go they go they open immediately. You get a letter from the IRS. This happened to somebody I know, and. Uh, And they say there's been some errors, accounting errors, over the last 10 years, your finances. And you haven't paid your taxes correctly. Or you've done some things incorrectly on uh, on some accounting reports. You now owe $100,000 to the IRS. And we're going to start assessing a penalty and a fine and interest and all this compounding. And so how many of you know that's really bad news? Because if you've ever owed anything to the IRS, you know that that interest and those penalties just begin to compound. And that thing is really hard to overcome, right? $100,000, that's not a lot of money to Pastor Mark and Ann. But for me and Cynthia, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I'm just kidding. It's a lot of money to all of us, right? But what if I said to you, after you received that letter... Well, you know what? I've got some good news. The good news is this. I have deposited $1,000,000 in your bank account. And oh, by the way, I called the IRS. I paid that $100,000 debt. I paid all the penalties, all the interest. You owe nothing to the IRS. And that $1,000,000 is yours to spend however you want after you tithe. Come on now. So after you tithe, you get to spend that $1,000,000 however you want. How many of you know that the good news is so good that the bad news doesn't even matter. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means that whatever news you're focusing on, if you're focusing on the bad news, listen, you could put all your focus on on the IRS and how much you owe without focusing on the good news. If you've got all your focus on that bad news, you'll miss out. You'll not understand that the good news is so good, the bad news doesn't even matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, Pastor, I'm dealing with some things at my work, some things on the job, I'm dealing with some things financially. Listen, there's good news. And the good news is so good that the bad news will be overwhelmed by the good news. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this thing between the devil and God, it's not even. Come on now. You hear me now? It's not even. It's not like devils got got God and they're on some tug of war for your life. No, 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 no. The devil doesn't even hold a candle. He don't have enough power in his pinky, to, in his finger, in his toes. He don't have enough of anything to even come close to matching what God has. Listen, God's goodness is so good that the evil that the devil tries to put on you can't even come close to matching how good God is. Amen. God's goodness is that good. It is that good. So you need to just focus on how good God is. I've said many times. For years, we've been saying this at our church. The best is still yet to come. Hallelujah! If you're still breathing, God's not done with you. Hallelujah! Some of you need to hold on to that one, Amen. Because you're still breathing, God is not done with you yet, Amen. That means tomorrow couldn't look better than yesterday. Hallelujah. And we don't have to think about the good old days because some of them weren't so good. Amen. Some of them weren't so good. But guess what? I can look forward to tomorrow. Why? Because there's good news. The best is still yet to come. Amen. The good news is is that that we are overcomers. Jesus said in John chapter 16, watch this. He said this. He said, in this world, you're going to have trials and you're going to have troubles. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have it. But what did he say? Be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. In other words, he's saying, hey, in this world, you're going to have some bad news. How many of you ever got bad news? We've gotten bad news. I understand that. We've got some really bad news sometimes. Really bad news. I got one of those IRS letters. <laughs> All right, I know what I'm talking about. Years ago, we got one of those. But let me tell you, Jesus said, you're going to have bad news, but be of good cheer He said, I've overcome the bad news. I've overcome it. Now, if he's overcome it, we have to understand that we have overcome it. We've overcome it. Romans chapter 8 says this. What shall we say then? Yet in all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors. How? Through Christ Jesus. My pastor used to say it like this growing up. He would say, when he got paid, he was a conqueror. Held that paycheck in his hand, he was a conqueror. He said, when he went home and handed it to his wife, she was more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Listen, that's how the promises of God are. We didn't earn them. We didn't have to work for them. We don't deserve them. But guess what? God overcame. Jesus went to hell. He got the keys. And guess what? He secured our forgiveness, our healing, our deliverance, our joy, our peace. Amen. And guess what? He's given all of that to us. He conquered, and we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. That means that it's good news it's good news it's good news back in the summer I talked to you about having a life verse right? and so what I meant by having a life verse is, is that you know when things get difficult I, I just go to my life verse now what a life verse is it's, it's that, that verse that verse that is your go to verse let me ask you what's your go to verse in the Bible The one that you use most often, the one that you have memorized, that when things get difficult, you go, well, you know what? I know, I don't know everything about the Bible, but I know the Bible says this. And it's usually a verse or maybe just a a, a verse or two, maybe just a a couple. It might even be just be a paraphrase. I mean, not paraphrase, but just just one sentence, right? And so I talked about my life verse from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, now, to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask or think. Verse 21 says, to him be glory in the church through Christ Jesus. It says, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us. And when I read that and I read that verse almost every day, I quote it almost every day of my life. I get to the part where it says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask. That right there blows my mind. That God could do more than I could ever ask for. But then Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, added two more words. I don't know if he paused, right, when he was writing it. I don't know if he just went straight on through. But he said, above all that we could ask. Or think. Wow. Now that one really blows my mind, right? Because I'm a thinker. It's more than I could ask or think. And when I get bad news, I say, you know what? That's bad news. I, I don't deny it. I don't pretend that it doesn't exist. But I know this. God is able. In spite of the bad news, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. According to the power that is at work in us. So I had you guys send me by email. Some texted it to me. Some just told me their life verse. Many people said, my life verse is Psalms 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. Some people sent me a verse from Jeremiah chapter 29. "For I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good and not for evil. Some people wrote to me from Proverbs chapter three, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. So there was different verses, Philippians four, hey, when you pray, make your requests known to God, the peace that surpasses all understanding puts a guard on your heart and mind. Let me ask you this, what's your life verse? And when bad news comes, I wanna encourage you to do this, go to it. Because here is where good news is found. Good news is found in the pages of this book. Good news is found in in the truth and the promises that are contained here. The angels showed up to those shepherds. And I don't know how significant those shepherds were. They didn't really have a lot to offer. They didn't bring the gold. They didn't bring the frankincense. They didn't bring the myrrh, right? They just showed up with their stinky cells, right? But there was something about those angels just wanted to make that announcement. And the announcement started with this. Hey, don't be afraid. Don't have fear. and Don't have anxiety. In fact, I've got good news for you that's going to bring you great joy. Amen. Let me tell you, God is saying the same thing to you today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid about your future. Don't be afraid about your family. Don't be afraid what's going to happen to you. Don't be afraid about eternity. Don't be afraid. He has good news for you that comes with great joy.